know the why human trafficking work is needed to fight for the freedom of modern day slaves. But love, passion, commitment isn't all you need to be an effective and successful anti-trafficking advocate. Learn the how. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson, Director of the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Institute at the University of Toledo. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation podcast, where I'll provide you with the latest and best methods, policy, and practice discussed by experienced experts in the field so that you can cut through the noise, save time, and be about the work of saving lives. Welcome to the Emancipation Nation. This is episode 201. I'm Dr. Celia Williamson. And today we have Anna Schramm back with us to talk about this year's uh, Human Trafficking and Social Justice Conference. So hi, Anna. Hi, Celia. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. So, you know, every year for the past 20 years, we have hosted the Human Trafficking and Social Justice Conference. It is a global conference with many, many people that attend. So Anna, first, tell us for this year, how many people attended, how many countries, how many representatives across U.S. states? Yes. So we had our 20th annual conference back in September. It was September 20th through the 22nd, which um, now that it's December, that's like, you know, two and a half months ago, which is crazy because it just feels like we just had it and I'm still uh, recovering from it. Um, But it went well. It was a very successful 20th annual conference. We had 1,400 attendees um, who came over that that three-day conference. Um, Of that 1,400, um, 235 of those attendees were survivors or lived experience experts, which was very exciting because that is, um, you know, those are the people that we do this work for. And then um, we also had 400 college students who attended, which is also very exciting, you know, being part of the University of Toledo. We had a lot of um, University of Toledo students, but we also had um, several other uh, college students from other universities across the country who attended, um, which is great for them to get exposure to an academic conference, learn from some of the top researchers and advocates, people in healthcare and law enforcement from around the world. So it's a great opportunity for them. Um, and then, so overall of those 1400 attendees, um, They came from 49 states within the United States, so very close to getting all 50 states at one conference. Um, That will hopefully be our goal for future years to get every single state at one conference. Um, And then we had um, 27 countries that were represented at this year's conference, which is huge. Um, Several of them were new countries, um, including Cameroon, Colombia, Greece. Greece, uh, Kyrgyzstan, um, New Zealand, and Portugal were all new countries that have never had anybody come before. So that is very exciting. We are continuing to see, you know, growth and expansion every year, word of mouth. Um, It's great to get these new people. So now we're up to um, over the past 20 years, we've had um, attendees from 57 countries. So our numbers just keep growing and it's very, very exciting. Yeah, and while we have had all 50 countries at one point or or all 50 states, I should say, at one point or another, 
that have come to the conference in one year, 49 states. So we have to call out that one that didn't show up. So which, which state I was that? Know, I know. Um, it was New Hampshire who did not come this year. They have come. They even came last year and they've come several of our previous years. But New Hampshire let us down a little bit this yeah. year. So New Hampshire, uh, if anybody from New Hampshire is listening or you've come to the conference before, please come back next year. Help us get to all 50 states in <laughs> one year. <laughs> That's right. What up, New Hampshire? Like you were not in the place representing your state, but that's no, okay. they took a year off and it was the wrong year to take off. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So tell us uh, any highlights uh, from this year's conference. I mean, it was the 20th year. So any anything that we did special this year? Yeah, we did a couple things special. We put together some compilation videos of pictures and messages from previous years, just kind of looking back, you know, when you hit those big milestones, you kind of look back over the years on, um, you know, how you started, where you've come and where you've grown into now. So we did kind of, you know, a little blast into the past. And then we did um, a video hearing from survivors who have come over the past 20 years and how the conference has impacted them. Um, we also, I also did a little uh, surprise thing for Celia that she didn't know about and surprised her on the last day of um, individuals who have worked closely with her over the past 20 years on the conference and kind of some serious and funny memories that they've had of Celia. And so that was very touching um, just to celebrate Celia and all the work that she has done over these past two decades. Um, yeah, that was so then, funny because the day that that video was shown, I had no idea, of course. And Anna <laughs> is sort of rushing through this agenda that we have laid out. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, she's going too fast. Like we're going to run out of time. We're going to just have dead air and we're not going to be able to... <laughs> And so I was getting a little nervous about that, but, um, and that was wonderful because all my friends and my peeps and my village from all around the world, um, spoke about the conference and our work together. And it was amazing, amazing. I would have to say, um, I love the compilation videos as well. My favorite was just the survivors talking about, uh, mm -hmm. what the conference has meant for them and their participation and whatever their own words was just really just grounded us in, in the reasons very vividly and very directly that we should continue uh, another 20 years. So yeah. Keep on going. Um, a couple other of the like new things that we did this year, we updated our virtual conference platform platform um, that we call the conference web app um, with a little sort of like gamification um, to encourage attendees to um, explore it more, see all the things that it has to offer. So attendees could earn stars by completing achievements. So that was just a fun thing. And then, um, you know, in our conference directory where it lists everybody's name, it also shows um, how many stars you've earned under your name. So you can see, oh, this person's, you know, only earned one star. This person earned oh, all four stars that they could get. So just a fun little something to encourage people to, um, 
you know, interact with it more and interact with each other. Um, and then another huge thing that we did this year that was kind of apart from our international conference was we launched our new high school online program that we're calling HSOP because we love a good acronym here. So high school online program HSOP. So this replaced our um, live um, high school summit that we used to do in conjunction with our international conference every year. Um, we just weren't getting a lot of um, engagement from students. It's difficult for them to take out time during a school day and it being virtual. So we decided to create content um, that was going to be freely accessible online at any time of the year. So teachers or students can access it on their own schedule. Um, teachers can incorporate it into their curriculum throughout the year if they want, or students can look at it in their free time or even like after school programs or things like that can use it. So um, very excited about that. We've already had um, many people sign up to get access to that. So um, it is only specifically for high school students and those who work with high schoolers. So if that is you listening and you work with high schoolers, you're in a school or you know people that work with high schoolers, Check out our website, um, traffickingconference.com, or email me, traffickingconference at gmail.com, so we can get you hooked up with that high school online program curriculum. It's a lot of great information um, about human trafficking, but also about um, sexual assault, drug abuse, gun violence, um, internet safety, and then kind of within each of those what to look for and then what you can do. It can give you steps on like how to get involved. So it's not just information, it's also action steps. So we were very excited to launch that this year and it kind of just stayed, um, it kind of lined up with it being our 20th annual conference. So that was another way that we were able to celebrate this year. Yeah, it's like a sort of work um, smarter, not harder. So giving access all mm -hmm. year round, not just one day. And I'd love to do a podcast just more specifically on HSOP and kind of walking people through it and, mm -hmm. um, but they could get started checking it out now and having access to it now. So that is our, our gift um, to the world for the 20th year. So, yes. um, and people that of course attended the conference got the jump. They got to learn about this early. So, uh, but of course it's accessible and free to anybody who wants to access it and have information already ready-made for you. So um, anything else in particular about this year's conference, anything that you, that stood out to you that you really liked? Um, well, for me, it was great. Uh, we uh, have just had another seamless good year every year with this virtual event. I feel like we are, you know, getting better and better, growing and growing. Um, but I only get to experience a little bit a part of it or behind the scenes. Just um, I don't get to sit in any of the sessions. Um, so I just get to hear from attendees. And so I we have an overall conference evaluation that attendees fill out at the end. And I was able to go through that. Um, um, not too long ago and kind of read through the comments um, of people who attended, what they liked, um, what they thought, you know, maybe we could improve for next year's, what they um, walked away with in some specific sessions. So I pulled some quotes that kind of stood out to me. So I'd love to kind of just go through a couple of those if that works for you, Celia. Oh, yeah. Goody. Excellent. 
Um, so just a couple like overall things. One person said, you know, and we've been talking about it being the 20th annual one. So somebody said, I loved that this conference has been around for 20 years, providing information and tools to providers and survivors. The tribute to Celia was great. People deserve their flowers. I also love the diverse survivor-led topics and insights from providers. So just somebody, you know, acknowledging the great work that we've done for these 20 years and that they oh. loved the conference. Yeah. Um, another person said that this was my first year attending. I liked that there were so many different things to learn from and that even though I was attending one session, I could download information from another. So love to hear this from a first time attendee. Love that we're still getting new people every year yeah. and that, you know, they kind of just highlighted that even though there's so many sessions, they could watch some live and then afterwards they could watch more later or they could still access those PowerPoint slides. Well, so before you move on, explain that a little bit. How many sessions did yeah. we have? What are you talking about can watch it after the conference? Yes. So this year we had about 110 presentations over the three days, which is so many to choose from. So people probably had between eight to 10 breakout sessions um, during each breakout time to choose from. Um, and since that is so many, and since um, we are an international conference with people in different time zones, we allowed attendees um, for three entire weeks after the conference to be able to watch the recorded presentations on demand on their free time. Um, and they were also able to download PowerPoint slides, download any handouts so they could still access all the information that they wanted to if they couldn't get it um, during the live conference. Yeah. And that, and can you just remind us the cost of the conference because you know I know conferences are six and seven hundred dollars. I've gone to conferences that's eight hundred and something dollars. So how how much is our conference? Yeah, this past year it was $250 for the three days. Um, so yeah, we with 110 breakout sessions, that's a you know a pretty good bang for your buck. Um I was oh, even yeah. looking at um, conferences that are upcoming, um, this morning when I was working and I was, you know, seeing like four to $500 and, you know, that's less than what you had mentioned, but that was still a little bit of sticker shock for me. So we are, um, you know, try to make this as affordable as possible. The prices might increase a little bit, um, for next year, we'll be revisiting that in the springtime. So stay tuned, um, stay tuned for that. Yeah, we have to keep the technology crisp. We have to. And so it starts to get a little bit costly, but we try, we're going to try to keep those prices more uh, affordable for people so that they can really come and, and partake of the information and not, and not break the bank. So, but yeah, read some more comments of people's thoughts. I think that's awesome. Yeah. So kind of on the same lines, like with the technology, um, someone said the online format allows people from all over the world to attend and collaborate. This also allows people who would not normally be able to attend due to other conflicts to squeeze in a session or two when possible. So um, I know that people do miss the in-person format and there is definitely a place for that. And I love that conferences are getting back to in-person but with us, we are in a unique opportunity as a virtual international conference to just bring people from all over the world who might not necessarily have the funds to be able to travel internationally or um, can't take the time off 
work. So they're able to just fit in a session or two. So I love that that person highlighted, highlighted that. And then another thing with technology, someone said technology was seamless this year. In the past years, there was some more issues, which is understandable. However, each year the team seems to get better at figuring them out. So I was happy that someone had a good technology um, experience with the conference this year. Of course, we're always going to have some of those things that we can't foresee or fix, but um, I, you know, we are trying to get better and better each year. Yeah. And I think Zoom has helped us out like mm-hmm. it, you know, because of the pandemic, unfortunately, people have had to meet um, using Zoom a lot. And so people are becoming more comfortable clicking on things and following along. And and we've made our sessions and, and places to, to visit and see people's materials and things like we made it so simple and easy to do that even people who have a very rudimentary understanding of technology um, are able to get around um, at our conference, not to mention that you know, you every so many hours actually go through things that actually remind people, okay, don't forget to click here. And there's little arrows that you have that show people, remind people how to do their session evaluations and the overall evaluations and, um, you know, how to get to the vending area to look at people's materials. And so um, can you recall any of the vendors that we had this year? That might've been pretty cool. Um, We had about 25 vendors this year that were um, a mix between resource vendors who provided just information on services they provide. So um, that included, you know, um, some of our local organizations that are involved with our coalition were there providing information about uh, their programming and things like that. So there was... um, Child Welfare Information Gateway, um, Relink.org, which provides, you know, a a hub for a bunch of different services. We had um, the SOAP project and um, we had a safe at home from the Maryland State of Mm -hmm. Health and Human Services. So those were pretty cool. And then some of the other ones that sold products that were our retail vendors. Um, My favorite personally, it was called Ring True. And they had, they actually um, gave us several products to raffle off for free to several lucky winners winners. And they had these really fun, like fidget rings that were a set of two. I thought those were really cool. And then they also had some really pretty bracelets. Um, and I got some of those as Christmas presents this year for people in my life. So, um, love them. And then there was also, um, some people who were selling consulting services like Sela consulting, and they gave away, um, free, like a three hour consulting to, um, an organization, which was great some people who are selling books um, and selling other like um, trainings and resources. So um, we love our vendors and love to highlight them. Yeah, absolutely. And the soap, by the way, are these little soaps that um, Mm. people give to hotels and motels. So they were a good resource uh, vendor for people who might just want to be involved in in providing. And on the back of the soaps are the 1-800 human trafficking number, and then that ring true 
we did a, I did a podcast with them and they are amazing. They're two sisters <laughs> going through the pandemic. And one of them was like, Hey, let's just start this business and help people. It's like, Oh, do we know about business? No. Do we know how to make jewelry? No, but uh, let's do it. It'd be great. And they did. <laughs> and it's actually very successful and they're able to help programs, not only like make donations, but now they're starting to train people, um, survivors with lived experience to make the rings. So it's like, it really caught on. I mean, I wouldn't advise people to go out and just create something, you know, nothing about the business in and nothing about the creative in, but man, they did it and it came together and it worked very well. So in our 20th year, we also we're able to produce some really cool t-shirts and mm-hmm. get those t-shirts. And what did they say? Yes, we um, had exclusive 20th annual uh, t-shirts that had our logo and celebrating 20 years on them. We got them from Worthwhile Wear, um, who was also another vendor at our conference. And so um, they provide these ethically sourced, um, organic, fair trade sh- shirts um, that, you know, we were able to um, put our own brand on them. And so they do that for other uh, businesses and agencies that want to sell their uh, branded t-shirts. And then I believe they also sell Worthwhile has their own product line too, if you just want to shop and support them. So that was really exciting. And I think you did a podcast with them as well, Celia. Yeah, I did. And they, they do a lot of anti-trafficking work in terms of Uh, Now getting into hiring people um, who are survivors, doing all kinds of great work. So, yeah, if your company happens to be ordering T-shirts or ordering products, please check them out first. Put your money where your where your mouth is and and purchase people who are trying to do that great work. Anything else about this past conference that we need to tell people about? Um, just a couple other things in quotes, wanted to highlight a couple sessions um, that people really enjoyed. Um, I have a long list of presenters and sessions that people loved that we're hoping to bring uh, back for next year. But um, some of the ones that really stood out, we had several sessions this year on familial trafficking. Mm. Um, and so I'm glad that we have been highlighting that over the past several years. Each year, we get a couple more sessions on familial trafficking. So um, a couple of people said, so one individual said that they, um, I am a survivor of familial trafficking. So my heart going, so my heart going to this was to understand how this is being talked about, understood, and addressed with service providers. I think there is a long way to go with helping service providers to understand and know how to address childhood trauma, but I think these presenters are absolutely amazing. So we do have a long way to go, but I love that it is being talked about. Um, especially, you know, having survivors of familial trafficking who are presenters, but then who are also attending these other sessions and seeing themselves. Um, in these presentations and that they're not alone and they have this uh, community with them. Um, Another person said to have survivors who have thrived to the level of strength and competence to equip themselves to reach back um, and help others is the ultimate level of self-sufficiency and growth. 
This specific presenter uh, is a role model for survivors who can reach this stage of recovery and personal growth. Thank you for your raw honesty and passion. I've commented before about the increase in conference sessions pertaining to familial trafficking. Most of us assume that children caught in this web of horror are runaway, throwaway, giveaway victims. It is difficult to think that children cannot find safety within their own homes, which is nothing new. So again, just, you know, bringing to light um, familial trafficking and to have these really strong um, thriver presenters at the conference is amazing. Well, I love um, people in their evaluation really take their comments to heart. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. you go to a conference and it's like, ah, I'm just going to check off the bottom. I'm not going to write anything because who cares? They're not going to really. But People that come to our conference, they really make their comments are thoughtful, intentional, and we actually read them and we focus Mm -hmm. on them and we try to make improvements based on people's thoughts. So I I just hope that people will continue to be uh, passionate and intentional when they speak to us about the conference and what we're doing well and what we could do to improve. So, but go ahead. Yeah, there was just one other session um, that people spoke highly well, several sessions that people spoke highly on, but this one kind of stood out to me too. It was the session on moral injury. Um, And there was a couple survivors who um, wrote some pretty profound and powerful comments. So one person said, this presentation was timely for where I'm at in my recovery. It didn't just speak to me. It screamed to me in a good way towards healing. I'm looking forward to watching the recorded session and researching the idea of moral injury. I hope professionals will pick up on the importance of this concept and seek to understand it more. And I hope I'll be able to figure it out more for myself. Once again, thank you. And then another person um, in this same session wrote, thank you so much for this session. I'm still reeling from how this session impacted me. I've been on my own roller coaster healing journey for 24 years. And after seeing this presentation, I know this is what my life and healing journey is missing. I will for sure be looking into this more. I hope to continue to hear more about moral injury in the future. Thank you so much. So those just stuck out to me. It gives me a little bit of chills. And I love that we are still able to bring new concepts and these powerful topics that you know aren't just for our service providers, our academics, our researchers, but are also really impacting survivors um, on their healing journey. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. I mean, that that is something that of somebody that took the time to reflect and again gave us something thoughtful, very intentional. And you're right, like this is the purpose of the mm-hmm. conference. Yes, we have to get academics. Yes, we have to get practitioners to understand that trafficking is not one dimensional. There's a lot of intersectionalities. There's a lot of complexity. It's it's not like a caricature of something. It's very complex and there are nuances and we have to get people on the right page as they're doing research, as they're practicing. But we also uh, try, and it seems like we've gotten through, to send the message that the world is standing with you to support you and your recovery and to honor what you are trying to do as you walk your path to healing. I think that is uh, something that we try to convey. And it seems at least in these um, people that commented that you read that, you know, message received. So Mm -hmm. that is 
yeah, worth all of the work that we do all year, because that is exactly they're speaking to us to to keep this up and to keep going down that path. I mean, we have Mm -hmm. some areas that we know we can improve upon. We can always improve in technology. We can, you know, but um, yeah, I think that they're speaking loud and clear to tell us to keep doing what we're doing. So anything else we need to add? Um, I think just on the note of keep doing what we're doing, I'd love to talk about some of the key dates for our 2024 conference. So looking forward to next year. So not only, you know, we wrapped up everything with 2023. Now uh, we're moving on to next year already and planning that. So um, I just announced this morning on our social media pages, the, um, save the dates for next year. So we are remaining virtual, uh, again for next year's conference. So it will be on September 18th through the 20th. Again, that is a Wednesday through Friday. So a three-day virtual conference. I'm very excited about that. Um, our registration will open June 3rd. So I know it's like, you know, we're getting into the cold winter months. June and summer seems so far away, but believe me, it will come quickly. Uh, keep up to date on our website. Um, if you want to be on our email list, email me at traffickingconference at gmail.com. Um, but probably the date that um is coming up quickest is our call for presentation. So if you are interested in being one of the um, many breakout presentations at our conference, whether you are a direct service provider, run a program, um, have completed research, you work in healthcare, law enforcement, or in the legal side of things, um, whether you're a survivor who would like to share their story, um, we are accepting presentations starting on Monday, January 8th. So that is just about um, you know a month from now, we will be starting to accept presentations, um, and then that will be open for a couple months. And the last day to submit will be March 31st. So you've got that January through March to put in your application for presentations. So you know we're just hitting the ground running in the new year, and excited to see what 2024 brings. Absolutely, I mean, and and you know also if you're a social worker, a nurse, a teacher, a politician. I mean, there are so many ways, so many perspectives, so much work being done out there. Like, don't count yourself out. Maybe you have some great information to share. Maybe you've been doing a few years of some really good work. So you should know that when you submit your abstract, um, People will review it, will critique it, and you'll be selected. So also don't think just because you submit an abstract, you will be presenting. There is, it is competitive, <laughs> but please, if you have information, if you have a level of expertise, please submit because some of the issues with some of the people doing the best work is they they don't feel like they're perfect, that they're not ready, that they're not. And so a lot of this great knowledge from these people doing great work, um, we don't get to learn about what you do. So if you're doing something, you think it's it's at the level you need to share it. If there's a level of expertise there, people need to know, please try. And you know what? If you don't get selected this year, so what? It doesn't mean that 
you're not doing great work. It just means that it is highly competitive. There are a lot of people submitting, but please try because if you're not selected this year, maybe next year, but please don't sit on your great creative, hard advocacy work that you've done and think that people don't want to hear about it. So, you know, if you so choose, try to submit an abstract and be a part of the family, be a part of the village and share what you know next year. So anything else, Anna? No, I think that about wraps it up for this year's conference. So thanks again to everyone who was a part of it, from the presenters to the attendees, volunteers, sponsors. And thanks to you, Celia, again, for laying the groundwork and doing this fight for, you know, I know at least two decades with the conference, but, you know, more before that. So um, it's been a great, another great year in the books. Looking forward to next year. Um, stay up to date on our website, traffickingconference.com. Email me with any questions at traffickingconference at gmail.com. And we will see you all next year. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you for what you do to organize all of these countries and states and the platform and the vending booths and Ooh, the t-shirts and the giveaway gifts and all of the things that make this conference amazing and keeps people coming back and brings new people. So with that, we'll say uh, we'll see you next year at the conference as the fight continues. Let's not just do something. Let's do the best thing. If you like this episode of Emancipation Nation, please subscribe and I'll send you the weekly podcast. Until then, the fight continues.